don't want to call you a lady. Take your Bibles. Well, we could go on home because Joe just about preached my message. So uh, we, we just, we'll go home right now. Altar call. Uh, no, take your Bibles go to Luke chapter 2. <laughs> That's a precursor, man. You got to have that, you know, the front stuff there, man, where you get this stuff down. It is a great story, whether you like it or not. I mean, if you don't like it, you got a problem, I'm going to tell you right now. But if you do like it, it is, I'm telling you, brother, our Christianity is one of those stories that just is there. It is just there. Uh, it's not this great, glorious, you know, you're always on a mountaintop somewhere. Uh, it's life, but it's a real story. It's a true story. It's a God story. Luke chapter 3, or actually, uh, three, go to 3. I'll get back to 2 in a minute. Verse 23. 323 it says and Jesus and Jesus I'm going to jump through this thing a couple times I'm not going to read the whole thing and Jesus being about 30 years of age being as was supposed the son of Joseph which was the son of Helia verse 31 which was the son of Meliel which was the son of Menon which was the son of Mattatha which was the son of Nathan which was the son of David 34 which was the son of Jacob which was the son of Isaac which was the son of Abraham which was the son of Cana Canaan which was the son of Arphaxad, which was the son of Sim, which was the son of Noah, which was the son of Lamech, which was the son of Methuselah, which was the son of Enoch, which was the son of Jared, which was the son of Malalil, which was the son of Canaan, which was the son of Enos, which was the son of Seth, which was the son of Adam, which was the son of God. Father, thank you for your blessings this morning. Lord, uh, it is a, it's a special time of the year for uh, most everybody on the planet. Uh, Lord, uh, everybody's heard the story of Jesus Christ and his birth. Uh, Lord, uh, we're looking at a place right now in scriptures where he's in the middle of his life. Uh, but Lord, the story didn't start there. Lord, there's a story that goes on and it'll go on for all eternity. Uh, Lord, I just pray that you'd bless the message this morning. Thank you for our blessed Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And Father, we'll praise you and honor you in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. The title of this message is, There Will Never Be a Greater Story. Amen. Now, I don't know about you, but honestly, brethren, I'm telling you what, this story has been keeping me going for 42 years and there's a lot of stuff where I've seen a lot of people and they try to prove a lot of things. And really, I'm tired of trying to prove everything to everybody. If Jesus can't be proven to you, if you can't see Jesus, no matter what I say is going to matter anyways. But I'm telling you what, that last verse right there says, and, and which was Enos, which was the son of Seth, which was the son of Adam, which was the son of God. This thing started way back even before Adam. Uh, there will just not be another great story. My first little thing here, I just we just read about 4,000 years, and I just did that in, in a couple verses there, 4,000 years of history up to the time Jesus Christ walked the planet. We started with Adam in a garden, but it goes back before that. If it stopped there, if, if, if the story starts in eternity, and, and that's a great story, but if it stopped in eternity, I'm talking about, could you imagine eternity past? And people said, past? How can you have eternity past and eternity future? Ask God when you get there. I have no idea. I keep thinking the only way I can even, uh, it boggles my mind, but I just, to understand, I put this bubble out there in space called the universe, and he's like all around it, and he just, drew a line down the middle of it where Jesus Christ hung on a cross. And he said, that's past and that's future. That's all I can get out of the thing. I'm not going to take it any, any further. because Eternity to me is like forever. And if he's in past and future and in the middle of there somewhere and he can do that, that's fine. I can't quite do that yet, but one of these days I will do that. But when you imagine heaven, man, in the beginning was the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. It was all one. They busted up into three. He created a, a place called heaven. 
all the angels, the seraphims, the cherubims, singing shouts for glory, everything else. And one day Satan chose to sin until iniquity was found in him and he sinned. But you know what? If, if God kicked them all out of heaven, still had a numerable number of angels in heaven. But if the story stopped there, then it wouldn't have been much for you and me, would it? Or anybody else. It didn't stop there. Brother, what I'm trying to get to you today is to listen for just a second. Is this story's not about you and me. It's about him. Amen. It's always been about him. It will always be about him. And no matter what this world says and how much they want to take it off him, they'll never get it off him. Amen. I heard a man say something the other day. Just I, I started thinking. It made me start thinking about this particular message. But the way he said it, I, it marveled me. And it's part of my message this morning. If, if the story stopped there, it would be it. But then you get to the garden. He didn't stop the story there. After he kicks all the, the devil and his angels out of heaven and he sends them all out into the abyss somewhere, then he creates a universe. People say, you really believe he created the universe? Yeah, I believe he can do just about whatever he wants. I don't have a problem with that. A long time ago, I settled it. It either has to be evolution or God, and it can't be both, and I threw evolution out, and I got God, and that's where I'm going to go with it, and that's what I'm going to rest my life on. You hear people, a billion years ago, you weren't even here. A billion is a long time. Amen. Billions and billions of years ago. No, a bill, 65 billion years ago. You know how long 65 billion years is? That's a long time. I'm telling you, that's a real, real, real long time. That's a longer time than anybody. And you're going to tell us we've been here for 6,000 years as humans? And you're going to talk about 65 billion years and you want, to take me, want me to take you serious? I'm sorry, I, I can't deal with five minutes from now, let alone 65 billion years ago. I ain't going to do it. But in this eternity, God created this thing, and he has it out there, and he puts the earth out in the middle of this thing. I don't have a problem with it bobbing in and out of the water. I don't have a problem. I'm telling you, I have no problem with God doing whatever he wants to do. You say, well, you ain't got no proof. Neither do you. <laughs> Nobody has any proof about anything. It, I heard a guy the other day say, well, it comes by faith. You got to take the, the uh, Eucharist by faith. I said, you're stupid. That's a piece of bread, man. No matter how I look at it, it's a piece. I've seen where it come from. It come out of that package, man. They open it up, throw it in there. Did Jesus come in a package? You get a package from the bread place down there. It's a package of Jesus. Uh, is the other wafers back there Jesus too? You got a whole package of them. Thing. Or, oh, no, no, no. We just turn them into him one at a time. Um, I mean, does that make any sense at all? But people actually believe that. And then you say, well, do you believe in God? Yes, I believe in God. No, I'm just telling you, this is the greatest story ever told. It's the greatest. And there will never be another greater story. It never will. The story continues in the garden. Adam and Eve goes in the garden. And in the garden, they're told what to do and what not to do, and they eat everything that they can eat. I mean, it's a wonder they weren't fat. I mean, it, but it's all good food probably. No, no, uh, no uh, genetically modified nothing. It was just boom there, and they ate whatever they wanted to eat. And he said, but you can't eat of that tree. And they had fellowship with God and walked with God. And I mean, that, brother, there's times in my life where I've walked with the Lord Jesus Christ so close that it was just like I felt like I was right there with him. There's other times I feel like he's like a million miles away. But then I got the word of God, and he says, do you believe the word of God? I'm like, yes. He goes, but I'm not a million miles away. I'm just backing away to let you walk on your own two foot. You know, if a baby don't walk, there's something wrong with it. Somewhere, moms, you got to let that little baby fall down and hit their head. I was in here yesterday, and Elizabeth had uh, Riley in here, back here in that back pew, and, and she's just crying her head. There are, I mean, you got to teach that girl about vacuum cleaners, man. She's going to have to get her little vacuum cleaner she can vacuum start with. I mean, she was back there crying. The more noise they made, the louder she got. You could tell she was in the room. I was all the way back in the furnace room with the door shut, and I could hear her crying. 
You know why? She said, I, you're still going to pay attention to me while I'm in this room. I don't care how loud you get. But you sit there and say, well, what is it? They, they need to learn to walk. They need to learn how to, to crawl first and then to walk and then go down through there. Sometimes we got to learn to walk. You know, Adam and Eve, they ate that fruit, and, and the Lord said, if you do, I'm going to kick you out of the garden. I'm going to kill you. But they didn't, they didn't understand it, but he kicked them out of the garden. If the story stopped there, wouldn't that be sad? For all eternity, everybody's outside the garden. No, never a chance to get back in. Never, ever. Never a chance to get back to God. Not a chance in the world. But it didn't stop there. The story continues on after that. He goes, God named Noah. Brother, this is just a story that you, a line that goes through your Bible. The more I read my Bible, I mean, every single time. I, I like Nate, uh, Ahab and uh, uh, Naboth, Naboth's garden. That guy wouldn't sell him nothing. He said, that's God gave me that. And I ain't going, you know what God gives you, you ought not let go of. Amen. Not for anybody in this world. If it costs you your life. You know what they did? Jezebel said, hey. Send, send a couple letters out to these people and have them take him up and, and say he lied and did this and he, he blasphemed God and kill him. That's what this world will do. In a heartbeat, they will take you out and kill you. You say, why? Because they don't love God. You know what he did? He loved God. That piece of ground he would die for, and after he died, the ground would be gone. But I'm telling you what, God sent, them, sent uh, Elijah in and he said, hey, you're still in his land. And this is going to cost you. But if the story stopped there, if it stopped, he got Noah. Get back to Noah. If you got Noah, he's on this side, he's building an ark. And he got on the other side. Do you know all the different things that could happen to you in a lifetime that could kill you? <laughs> I still, I'm, everybody's worried about COVID. And you jump in a car and drive down the street 65 miles an hour with it, just a yellow line in between you and the other guy. That, I marvel at that. Some of us do more than that. And we don't fear one bit about that yellow line. My wife drives. If I drive, she's ripping the arm off this path. If she drives, she runs red lights, does everything. God's my witness. I've seen her do it in the last five months more than you can shake a stick at. And she's sitting there looking at me like, it's okay as long as I got the steering wheel in my hand. <laughs> if you have it in your hand, that's not good at all. But I can do it, and I will turn right in front of cars, although they're going to hit your side first, uh, and you will comfort me as <laughs> your last breath. But I'm sitting here, you know what, brother? If the story stopped with Noah, Noah, when he, anything could have killed him and his family. Eight people getting off of an ark, and the whole world full in there, and all the stuff that goes on. Lions and tigers and bears. You ever seen lions and tigers and bears? And polar bears are the cutest things in the whole wide world, until you get in a cage with them. Them are some of the craziest animals. I mean, God made some. I think a grizzly bear is cute. A full-grown man. I like to watch them eat salmon out in the middle of the thing. I just don't want to be out in the middle of the thing with them while they're eating salmon. Uh, you sit there and say all the things. Nighttime. When nighttime came, it was dark. There was no streetlights. There was no, no lights in the house where you could flicker on the lights and you had power and everything. I, it was dark. And these people had to live through all this stuff, and they survived through it, and they did all this other stuff. And Noah got off that ark after a, a year in that thing, and everybody was gone that was on the planet, and he let his animals go. Could you imagine a lion coming off that ark right about that moment and said, look, your leg looks pretty good, Noah. I think I'm going to eat that thing. And he didn't. He just scoots on out there, and animals go all over the place. And out of those eight, we're all here today. You said, how in the world could that possibly happen? The hand of God was in that thing all the way down through there. If the story stopped there, 
What a sad story that would be. But it didn't stop there. Then the story continues on. You got a man named Abraham. I like Abraham. I'm going through Genesis. I'll get through Genesis someday in my life, maybe. If not, whoever takes over after me, they can finish it up. Abraham comes along, and he's a friend of God, and he does what God says do, and he does some things God say don't do, and he messes up a couple times. He does this, and he does that. If he hadn't waited until 100 years old and had Isaac, the story would have stopped right there. If he'd have went out and done something, just said, forget it, man. I ain't going to follow you no more, God, just like some of the other people did, and go out and live his life like the story would have stopped there. But God's hand was always in that story. He never let that story die. He protected every one of these men and women as it comes down through there. Then the story continues on down through there, and you get to Moses. Here's Moses. He gets kicked. Brethren, sometimes we think we can do it our way. Moses thought he could do it his way. He got kicked out of Egypt after 40 years. Moses was in a position where you think, oh, man, if you move up in society and you get the jobs and you get the education and you get this and you get this, I can influence more people. No, you won't. God uses the foolish things. You know, preaching to the world is foolish. What I'm doing right now is foolish to the world. It's foolish. Where's your, you need to be more elegant in your speech. I like Paul. He was, he was rude. I love Dr. Roman. He was rude. <laughs> Dr. Roman was about the rudest man you ever met in your life. I just like that man. He reminded me of an admiral or a captain of a ship. No, actually, he reminded me of a deck, deck man. He just, he just, he's just rude. He's rough. But you know what I did? I listened to every word that came off his lips. And you say, why would you do that? Because he had something I wanted. And I knew that I was going to have to get it from him, and I couldn't get it from nobody else. I want what he has. And I know what he has, and I want to hear what he has. There's some wisdom behind what that man has. You know what God will do? Sometimes he'll put stuff in your path to make you say, oh, I can't deal with that. And that's exactly what you need to deal with. And if you learn how to deal with it, you know what you do? You get by that stuff, and pretty soon he starts giving you things, and you can start seeing a bigger story, bigger than yourself. It wasn't about Moses. It wasn't about Samson. How about Joshua? Joshua hung out with Moses his whole life. There was no guarantee Joshua was ever going to back up to Moses. No, there was none. Joshua didn't care. You know what Joshua wanted? He wanted something more of God. He, when Moses was gone, I mean, it's a sad thing. But the story didn't end with Moses or Noah. It didn't end with Joshua. How about Samson? Everybody wants to be Samson today. They all want to walk away with the gates of the city. Our city don't have gates, but if they did, we'd walk away with them. You look at everybody. Everybody, I mean, they all, they, it's, it's, uh, brother, I, I mean, go out and do it, all that stuff. I'll eat all the ice cream you don't want. You say, well, you're a fat pig. Fine, I'm, I'm going to die happy. Uh, everybody. I think joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Yes, strawberry ice cream. Yeah, I think <laughs> I don't have a problem with that stuff. I do have a problem with it. I like it. But I'm telling you, man, there's, there's a point in life where too much will get you. Look at uh, Samson. It, it about killing him. But it didn't end with him. David, a man after God's own heart. If it wasn't for David, then the things he did, Israel would have never survived. But God had to run him way over on the backside, and David thought it was all over most of the time. And then one day, uh, Saul gets killed, and David finds out, and it tears him up because the man of God that God had chosen, the God's anointed man that he put in place, is now no longer there. 
If David hadn't done what he did and Jonathan, you got Jonathan and his armor bearer and all the, the exploits that all those men did, we got them written in the Bible. But if it had stopped there, if the Syrians could have come in and, and wiped out Israel and it would have stopped there, then the story would have been over and it wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have been the title of this thing is the, there will never be a greater story. The story isn't just this and this and it's the whole thing. And as you guys start going through the whole thing and you start seeing the hand of God through there, you'll see his protection for your life. And that he can get you through this thing. David, and then the prophets. Then we get to John the Baptist. Man, Jesus is sitting there. I read that, and, and Jesus was about 30 years old. And he's getting ready to go to the cross. But the storyline goes way back before him. And he's just now getting to the place where he's getting ready to do something that he came into this world to do. But he was born of a woman, too. John the Baptist, I like John. Isaiah 43 says this, the voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare you. Could you imagine John in the wilderness? Arr! He's probably an old sailor man. I mean, just, just camel hair and leather girdle and, and a big old beard and locusts. And I heard a lady one time from Israel. I want to smack her. She goes, well, locusts, the locusts were they, and this was a Christian. This was somebody I went to school with. They said, locusts are the, it's a piece of wood, kind of a tree over there, nut looking thing. And, and that's what John, I said, no, it was bugs. He ate bugs. He ate locusts and honey. He dipped them in the honey and ate them. I said, I said his honey jar had little eggs and stuff all in it, and he probably just drank that as it went down. It was locusts. I think it was bugs flying through the air, and he'd catch them and eat them. And that's just John. I mean, you see somebody come up like that, I'd be scared to death. I think he baptized most of the time where you could take a bath. You say, why did he get all that locusts out of him, man? You say, why would he stay down there that long? Honey, you ever try to get honey off you? It don't come off easy, man. John, and God chooses a character like that to bring, be the forerunner of him. You know what he's looking for today is us. <laughs> he's not looking for great people, man. He, he's in a time frame right now. He'll take whatever he can get. That's us. That's me, man. I know right where I'm at. But John, I mean, I, I just couldn't imagine him. Just, I mean, I look at him, and then Jesus comes up, and John melts. John, I mean, John, oh, the whole Testament will start talking about him. He says, uh, make straight the highway of our God. Malachi 3.1, behold, I will send my messenger and he shall prepare the way before me. It's all about Jesus. All the way down through there, God's protecting the seed. He's protecting the line. And it's going to come up to one day and there's going to be a woman. She's going to have a little baby. Babies are the cutest thing in the wide world. You might hear, I got to do something. I tell everybody all the time, I, I'm really not a great Christmas freak. Uh, but I get my wife, she gets everything, man. She wants a Christmas tree, she gets a Christmas tree. She wants lights, she, she wants them fixed, I get them. Uh, we got coming down our staircase, we got all these, these uh, uh, what are they call the stockings. She's got them for the dogs. Each dog, our grand dogs got stockings. You say, who got them? I got them. Why? Because she told me to. And I look at her and she goes, there's a hole in our stocking. There's a hole here. This little stocking's got to be here. And she was going to actually put Noah and, and their dog on the same one. Or Elizabeth and the dog. And I'm like, no, you can't do that. I said, the dog needs his own. He don't know it, but he does. We're going to put in Elizabeth's dog. Teddy, he eats socks, so we're just going to fill it full of socks, man. He loves socks. If anybody's got any old dirty socks, man, we'll put them in there. Man. He'll just, it'll be the merriest Christmas he ever had. But the other day, I was, I, was, I was up there helping a guy, and he works on my cars for me, and his stove broke, and he was giving me this hard story. I'm not going to be able to have a ham for Christmas. 
because my stove is broke. And I was, I was like, am I a Grinch or what, man? I said, bring your stove in. And he brought it in. I fixed it for him gave it back to him. And he's all happy. He's going, I, so I called him up and said, hey, did you get that stove in? No. It's in the house, but I hadn't plugged it up yet. I said, well, how are we going to know it's work? You're going to wait till the last minute to tell me it don't work. And then, and then you're going to want me to come fix your ham is what you're going to want to do. But I said, there, I said, Lord, I said, I'm not the Grinch I thought I was. I said, you know, if I was really a Grinch, I'd say, ah, bah, humbug, man. Forget the ham, man. Go to, go to Denny's. <laughs> That's what everybody else does. <laughs> but Malachi, man, he said, I will send my messenger. That's Christ saying that. Malachi 4, 5, behold, I will send Elijah, the prophet. You know, you know if, if they would have accepted Jesus Christ back then, it could have been all over. Everything was lined right up for Jesus Christ to take over the kingdom and to do everything that was done. If they would have just taken what he said and believed. You know what's wrong with us today? The belief thing. We just refuse to believe that God can do what he says he can do. You know, the easiest way to do this thing, I figured this out a long time ago, is to stop and say, hey, if there was a God, and if God was who he said he is, and if he could do what he says he can do, could he do it? Yeah, if that's really, if that kind of a, a being existed. Yes, he could do that. Then the question is, is does he or not? I'm like, well, only, only you can show me that. You say, why would you say it in your backyard and say, hey, you up in the sky, sky God, show me. Why would you do that? Because if you can do all this stuff that you said you can do, it would be very easy for you to show me that you can do it. And the rest of that stuff is going to be easy to believe. If you can show me that you exist. He says, you really want to know? I said, yeah. Well, yeah I'll tell you what, the next couple of months was, was unbelievable. <laughs> and he showed me. One night he wakes me up and I go out the back porch and I get saved and it's been a ride. So the story didn't stop 42 years ago for me. It still goes on. I got a girl sitting right back. I'm looking at her right now. I got another one sitting. Well, she's not over there anymore, but they both got little babies. Andrew's got a couple. If it would have stopped on my back porch 42 years ago, that would have been it. I'd have had nothing. I didn't have my wife. I didn't. I would have had nothing. Y'all would have had me. Aren't you lucky? <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. I'm so glad that happened. I didn't hear no amens there. Amen. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I, I want to thank the church. I want to thank y'all. Y'all let me go for a couple months. I had a, a house up there. I had. I mentioned this Wednesday night, but I really want to mention to y'all, I want to thank you. Uh, because I got to walk away for a little bit. And, and I've been doing this for a long, long time. And I got that house all done. They had it appraised uh, Wednesday, and we're waiting to see what the appraisal comes back. But I, it's really, it's out of my hands now. I'm done with it. Uh, it it'll be theirs. And, and no matter what the appraisal comes back, I told them if it comes back over $2.37, they're still going to get that house for $2.37. Lady told me, she said, Mike, it will be a little more than $2.37. I said, okay, that's fine. I said, but I'm done with this thing. I need to get rid of it. But you know what? You sit there and look at all that stuff and, and you say, Lord, how could you do that? I come back in here. I go out there and we sold the van, one of the vans to somebody, one of the churches up north. And I go to start up and say, oh, somebody had cut the catalytic converter off the thing. I'm like, oh, man. And then I go back in the water. He's leaking all over the floor. I'm like, rats, man. I said, Lord, there's no rest for the wicked. No rest for the wicked. You can't stop. You just got to keep on going. You know what you do? You just keep going. Amen. Come get it. I'm in the shower. Best sitter. Hurry up. You got to go this morning. You got to get ready. Gotta go. So I'm trying to take a shower. Trying to get my morning message. Trying to get this. Trying to get that. Oh, the batteries are out. Robin called the batteries out. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I can't even get in a shower and get any peace. And the Lord says, that's what you wanted. 
Have you ever thought that this is what you wanted? You asked for that. You said you wanted to serve me. Oh, yeah, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God. That's what you said. I said, yeah. He goes, well, this is what it is. Have you ever thought that you think the ministry, we think this ministry is something totally different. It isn't. What it's about is him. You get the privilege of serving him and know it. Do you know it today who you're serving? I do. Robin came in and she made these cookies. Oh, I got, I got, they knew, they set me up. They put these cookies back there and they look like them little snowball looking things. Them uh, Russian tea cakes. And I, I mean, I could eat a whole bucket of those things. It's, it's just, I'm, I'm okay, I'm, that's my sin. I'm letting you know what my sin is. Sin is sugar <laughs> in any form. Uh, but I'm sitting here and I see these things. I keep looking at them. I survived for two hours. At the end of two hours, I just can't do it no more. I grab one and they got lemon in them. I thought I was going to die. So Robin, she feels sorry for me. She brings me these little round ones in with the little stuff in the middle, uh, fruit in the middle. And I, I sit back there working on that water heater the other day. She gave me two little packs with three in each one. It wasn't like a hundred. Uh, but they didn't last very long. I was back here enjoying them, man. I was sitting there praising God, hallelujah, putting a water heater in. You say, what, what else? Brother, I'm telling you, life, life, is, life is just life, and it goes on and on and on. And when you, when you let the, the doldrums of life get into your way, what it does, it, it diminishes what Jesus has done in this world. You forget him. And this time of season, the first thing to be out of your mind is Jesus. That's the first thing that should be on the top up here is Jesus Christ. Nothing in this world should ever be able to take, take him off. In Matthew 11, and Jesus said this, and from the days of John the Baptist and now the kingdom of heaven suffered violence and the violence taken by force. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. And if ye would have received it, this is Elias which should have come. John was it. But you won't. You know what our problem is? We let this world get in the way and we just won't believe him. We hear the story, the old, old story. We know it's there and that Jesus Christ did it. We know we hear this thing, but we just don't believe it. And it never changes your life. Boy, I heard it. I heard it 42 years ago, and it changed my life. I knew it before then, but I never met Jesus. I've heard a lot of people, I know him. No, you know of him. You don't know him. Amen. You know, if you know him, there's a relationship there, and it just kind of changes you. You're sitting there going, and the Lord says, you really want to do that? And you hear that little voice in your head, like, who said that? Is Beth around here somewhere? Where's she at? And she's nowhere in the house. It's like the Lord says, are you sure you want to do that? Do you want to do that? Are you sure you want to do that? Have you ever looked at this world, how messed up they are? Now we come to the birth of Jesus, the story of Jesus. We started this thing out. There's never been a greater story. If it would have stopped with John the Baptist when he got his head cut off, what a sad thing that would be. I would have been out here and I would have had no hope. But there's a little lady one time had a baby. Matthew 1.18 says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When his mother Mary was the spouse of Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Joseph didn't know that. He just knew she's pregnant. In his mind, the, the child was by some other man probably. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, he's a good man. You know, there's still good people all over the planet. Even today, they're still good people. And not willing to make her a public example. That's a good heart, man. Here's a guy who knows what the Jewish law is. Jesus, they already brought a woman to Jesus that was caught in the very act. If Mary didn't have a husband, the very then she had done something wrong. And, and what should have happened to her was take her out and get her stoned. That's what exactly should have happened. 
Joseph said, no, I don't want to do that. He said she was found with child. He said he was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, what do I do? Behold, the angel of the Lord. You know how the Lord's protecting that little baby? Number two, he's protecting Mary. And number three, he's going to protect Joseph to keep him from doing something against Mary. And he's putting this thing together so they're a family and a knit unit. And he goes, hey, I'm in this thing. Joseph, do you believe me? And, the, and, from, and it says, and why he thought on these things. Do you ever think on Jesus? Do you ever think on the things that are troubling you in your life? Say, Lord, what do I do about this? Lord, what do I do about this? And just wait for him to give you an answer. Lord, what do I do? I bet you Joseph's there saying, Father, Lord, I got this problem. I got this woman. She's a good girl, man. She's a real good girl. And I just can't believe she would go out and do that. I can't believe it. I mean, I can just hear him saying it in his head. He's just a human like we are. And here comes Gabriel. <laughs> and he says, the, the Lord, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son, I don't know if that's Gabriel or not, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Now, that dream was of, of such an intent in his life that he believed it. And he said, okay, I'll do whatever you want to do. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. That's the first time Jesus came into the book. Mary's getting ready to have a little baby. But the problem here is they're in the wrong place. They're in Galilee. And they need to be down in Bethlehem. Have you ever thought sometimes that things happen to you in your life that aren't as pleasant as you'd like them to happen? But they're needed. And have you ever thought that maybe God does stuff for you in your life to get you where you're supposed to be? And you may or may not like what he does to get you there. But he does it anyways because he loves you. And he has a purpose for you and he wants to do it. Luke 2.1. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus. Caesar Augustus, a Roman Nero uh, pagan god worshiper himself, wanted money. I like, I like the way uh, this thing goes out. It says, and, this, and he said, Augustus, that all, all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was the governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into their own city. You got to go back to where you came from. You know what they did? They, uh, they obeyed. They obeyed the ruler. They obeyed Caesar, and Joseph packed up Mary. Could you imagine Mary's about nine months pregnant now? Maybe more, not, or a little bit less. And he throws her on a donkey. And he says, hey, woman. She goes, yes, Lord. He says, we're going to, we're going to Bethlehem. Okay. Have you ever, have, guys, you ever tried that with your wife? I don't know about you, but it don't work too well with me anymore. It did at the beginning, but something happened, something happened over these 42 years or these 32 years. We're going to be married 32 years in, in the 28th. And I don't know how she put up with me that long, but it's not the same anymore. I mean, she used to ride with me and enjoy it. She would sit over there on this side and just Google eyes me all the time. Now, if she don't drive, she don't go. <laughs> I mean, it's like I got him. Why should I do anything else? I don't understand. But he sits there and he takes her and, and he, he starts walk, uh, takes her on the on thing and, and he's going to take her on a trip. It's, it's 70 miles, 70 miles to, to uh, where they go, roughly 70 to 80 miles. And he did it. The decree, the decree from Caesar was all the world should be taxed. That was the catalyst to get them moved. Joseph would not have moved if it wasn't for that. 
But for prophecy and for the Lord to make sure everything happened just the way he wanted it to happen, Joseph had to be in Bethlehem with Mary. And he goes, I'm just going to bring taxes. I like Benjamin Franklin. Benjamin Franklin said this. Benjamin Franklin said, we could, could be sure of two things, death and taxes. About 100 years later, a woman read it. A newspaper cartoon showed up, a woman walking, uh, working at her, at her income, on her income taxes and quoting Mr. Franklin inside. I wish they came in the other order. The taxes came after death. <laughs> Some people just hate it. Newt Gingrich said this, the federal government can't stop illegal immigration. It can't stop drug dealers. It can't, but it can audit small businesses in America and get all your money. You would think that if they, can, if they can get 350 million people to give them all their money, they could find out how to keep people coming across the border. You would think that. They don't want to do the other stuff. 70 to 80 miles he had to get this woman on a donkey and get her there without her having a miscarriage or having a baby. Going through mountainsides and ranges and all the stuff that could possibly ever happen in a million years. And the Lord watched over that whole thing. If the story stopped there and Mary would have lost that child, which she wouldn't, the hand of God was all over it. You know what? When you read this story, this time of season, what everybody does, they'll see baby Jesus. Well, you don't see the king of kings and the Lord of lords sitting there. Because if you take the rest of the story on out, you'll see him. But if you stop right there, you don't have to worry about a, a little baby. Nobody, man, a little, hold a little baby in their arms and... Give them back whatever you want to do or keep them or whatever you have to do with it. But you sit there and look at the little baby and the little baby really doesn't hurt you or can't stop you from doing anything. But a king will. If the story stopped at Jesus' birth, here's Christmas time. They, they, they celebrate Christmas and the birth of Jesus Christ. I think it was back in September, October time frame. But that's okay. It doesn't really matter. He was born sometime. John the Baptist was born six months earlier than him. Somewhere out there, they were born. And they lived. And at 33 years old, he starts his ministry. His birth, number one, I like to say, was planned. It was a planned birth. It was planned. From the foundations of the world, that thing was planned. His birth was, he, he said, I will go into the world. Here I am, send me. He, he knew that was going to be him. Hebrews 10, 5 says, Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he said, Sacrifices and offerings that would not, but a body that has prepared for me. God prepared a body in Mary. Oh, what a blessing that. I've heard people say, well, the Catholic Church says Mary's this holy one. No, Mary's just a woman like everybody else. She lived and died just like everybody else. But you know what the blessing about our sister Mary is? She kept herself clean. The Lord put something in her heart and protected that girl and gave her the strength and the character to stay clean. Well, I'll tell you what, young lady, stay clean, man. Stay clean. You're worth a billion bucks. I tell all my girls, these young ladies, I say my girls, they're not my girls, they're young ladies in this church. If a guy won't open that door for them, you don't even look at them. Now, watch all the guys start opening the doors as we go out. I'm serious. If a guy won't open the door for you, my wife won't even walk in a door unless I open the door for her. She'll stand there. And I'll walk up, open the door, she'll go right in. Then there's another one. She'll stand there. You know what that does? That trains me to open doors for other ladies. I'll go out to the, the, the place out there to get my tags, and there'll be ladies going in and out all the time. I'll open the door. Sometimes you stand there for days like. <laughs> long arms, you can hold two doors open at one time, let them go right on through. And they look at you like, I've never seen anybody ever do that before. You know what? Because there's not a lady there. The, the guys don't see the ladies. Guys, 
Do you see ladies or do you just see women? You ought to see women. You know what Mary was? She was a lady. She was a lady. I like that. His birth was planned. God knew that before the foundation of the world. That young girl was going to have that baby. He protected that line all the way down through there. I'm telling you, when I, I still see that sermon that guy preached down in uh, South, uh, Greenville, South Carolina. That night when me and Beth stopped. Oh, man, this is back in the 90s. And we stopped there to go to church on a Wednesday night. Got off, didn't know which way to go. We go this way, end up, here's this big old fundy church out there. We stop. That guy preaches a message, and he preaches on this right here. He preaches the bloodline of Joseph and the bloodline of Mary. And you start looking at that thing, and it's like, that is unbelievable. Like Brother Joe said, the odds of that happening that way are astronomical. There, you start looking at that bloodline, and you, you know why I like the Jews? Everybody reads uh, Chronicles and I go, I read it one time. I read name after name and my tongue got numb. I'm, uh, duh, 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 duh. Uh, but you read all those names. You know what they did? They kept that stuff lineage right down the line. They know exactly where they came from. And they could trace Mary right back to Nathan and, and, and uh, Joseph right back to Solomon. And when you sit there and look at that thing, you say, man, what a blessing. God protected that thing. But if the story stopped there at a baby, if Herod would have got his chance and could have killed that little baby, then it would have stopped there, but God didn't let us stop there. His life was publicized. Not only was his birth planned, but his life was publicized. Then Hebrews 10, 7 says, Then said I, lo, I come in the volume of a book. It's written. Right there, it's written. Brother, we can find it any time we want it. It's written right here. There's no excuse for not finding Jesus Christ. There's none. The stories are from one of the, You start reading this thing, and the Holy Spirit says, it gets it in your head, and pretty soon he starts getting it in your heart. And then you start getting them chill bumps up your side of your head and your hair stands on the back of your head. And Beth told me today, she goes, you're getting curls on the side of your head. Because she won't cut my hair. But she said, you're getting curls on the side of your head. And I'm like, well, my hair is getting too long. But I'll tell you what, there's time when it just stands up. And you say, what is that? That's a Holy Ghost bumps, man. You ever get any Holy Ghost bumps? You ought to get some every now and then. They're pretty good. You read some and all of a sudden you come across it and you say, oh, God, I wish you would, I wish you would come back today. But then I worry about some of those that aren't ready yet. His life was publicized. His death was perfect. You couldn't have got a perfect death. 10-12, Hebrews 10-12, but this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sin, forever. <laughs> Boy, when you start looking at that thing, I mean, could you imagine just walking into the throne room the last time? The only time. There was nobody else who would ever get there. He's the only one who could ever do it. There was nothing before, nothing after. It was right there. One time, one shot, that's it. You're talking about a perfect plan. He walks in here with his blood and makes an offer forever. Forever. His death was perfect. He says, for by one man's offering, he perfected forever them that are sanctified. Are you saved today? Well, I got saved in 1980 on the back porch. Forever. I don't have to worry about ever losing it. I'm not saying living perfect. I'm saying foreverly saved. Eternally secure. On my way to heaven then there has to be something that goes beyond that. It just, it doesn't stop there. It was proclaimed. Isaiah said, for unto us a child is born. But it didn't stop there. He said, and upon his kingdom to order it and establish it. He's going to establish his kingdom forever. Then, then, Numbers 24, 7 says, I shall seem. Boy, I tell you what, that's Balaam, a Gentile, a Gentile pagan said this. I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not nigh. There shall come a star out of Jesse. Jacob, did you ever see the star? The, you know what the, the wise men followed? It's a star. 
There's a star coming out. That star is Jesus Christ. A star out of Jacob. A scepter shall rise out of Israel. That's Jesus Christ. And shall smite the corners of Moab and destroy the children. It was prophesied way back there that, hey, this child is going to come. And he's going to grow up and he's going to go out. Job said this, I, for I know my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. He knew out there in the future somewhere. There was, the story didn't end with Job. You know what kept Job going through his life? There was a story that was sitting there being told, and he knew most of that story up to that point. And he goes, I, this thing goes beyond me. It doesn't stop with just me. And then his gift is available. It's promised. Revelation 22. Go to Revelation 22. I'll be done in just a second. Really. I like Revelation. I like the, in the end, it says the end. It, but it don't end there. It just ends for us there. It ends, this world ends for us there, but eternity goes on and on and on. And then 22, 17, 22, 12. 22, 12. And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. Lord's got a reward. Now, I know that's not necessarily for us, but hey, he's got a reward out there. I know at the judgment seat of Christ, wood, hay, and stubble, gold, silver, precious stones. He's going, all that stuff's going to go through fire, and I'm going to, there's a reward out there waiting. There's a promise. You know, the saddest part of this whole story is, is that there's some people who don't believe it. Jesus Christ came and died, was, a bear, was born. He was born of a woman, a virgin. He lived 33 years. He laid down his life at Calvary. He rose again the third day. And I, I tell you what, that's, when I read the gospel that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, I'm like, yep, that's me, that's me. He died for me. I was a sinner, I was a sinner. Christ died for our sins according to scripture. was buried, don't have a problem with that. And rose again the third day according to scriptures. I said, I don't have a problem with that either. I said, I'm still looking for the hoping one day that I'm going to take my last breath or the rapture is going to occur and I'm going to be out of here. And I'm going to be with him forever and ever and ever and the story is going to go on Forever and ever and ever. The title of this message, I'd like to sing that song if we could. There will never be a greater story. You read that song that that lady wrote, or that song that was written, and the first part is his birth, the second part is your life, his life, and the third part is his resurrection. And I'm sitting there going, Lord, there will never be a greater story. There's no greater story than a story about Jesus Christ. His birth, his death, his resurrection, his creation, no matter where you go into that storyline, anywhere you go, what you'll do is you'll see his hand all the way through that thing. And what he's going to do is he's going to get those out on the other side that's going to get out. And then we get to go to him with him forever and ever. You know the greatest Christmas story that you'd ever hear? is telling somebody about Jesus Christ and what he did for them and that they can have it too. The saddest part of this whole story is there's going to be a lot of people one day that are going to face judgment. And there was no need for them to face judgment because he did it all. Jesus paid it all. Father, thank you for your blessings this morning. Lord, thank you for the greatest story that ever was. There's never been a greater story. Never will be a greater story in my life. Now, Lord, uh, we can argue with doctrine all day long. We can fight with the Bible and, and different verses and memorize the whole thing from cover to cover. But there'll never be a greater story. It's a simple story, Lord. And what this world today needs is a simple story, Lord. When I first got saved, I needed simple stuff. I needed the things, Lord, that you gave me and the people that you put in my path to give me those things. Lord, that I could come to the knowledge and saving grace of, our, of, of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray today if there's anybody in the room that doesn't know you as their Savior, that they would come to know you today or sometime shortly. Lord, they'd start questioning, Lord, uh, what this world has taught them 
And, Lord, that they put Jesus Christ in the forefront. Uh, Lord, again, thank you for your blessings this time of year. Lord, help us to have the witness in our hearts, Lord, and a smile on our face to tell them and the joy in our life. Uh, Lord, there's nothing more than having joy about something that you believe in. And, Lord, each and every one of us in this room today should believe what we have and not be afraid to give it to somebody else. Lord, help us to reach those that are closest, uh, Lord, and those that will hear, put them in our paths, Lord, and then give us the words to speak to them. Father, again, thank you most of all for our precious Lord and Savior Jesus that came and died for us at Calvary. Lord, and shed his blood, but he rose again. Lord, there's a, just a storyline from Genesis to Revelation, from eternity to eternity, and there will never be a greater story. Thank you again. We'll praise you and honor you in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen.